This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse. Comic Book Click is on Patreon, guys. For as little as $0.10 cents a day or $3 a month, not only can you help keep the lights on here at Comic Book Click headquarters, but your donation gives you access to exclusive content like CBC commentaries, polls where you can choose what content we cover next, and special behind-the-scenes footage of things here at Comic Book Click. Visit Patreon.com slash CBC Clubhouse today and become a Patreon. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Hello everybody out there in comic book land, my name is George Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, you got hit with a crowbar, or you're here to listen to the latest episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by ComicBookClick.com, and before I introduce our illustrious guest, I want you guys to know that due to our crazy uh, annuals, one-shots, and um, all that that we do, not counting the specials, this is issue, or you could call it episode 200 of the Major Issues Podcast. And as you know, I am never alone. So if you could please introduce yourself. I am your tragic backstory, Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. <laughs> GT Rebirth, almost cut myself with all the edge you got over there. <laughs> uh, There's just so much edge in the, in the, in the world, in the room. Episode 200 is a momentous occasion for Comic Book Click. I never knew we would get all the way over here. It's at a point now where I'm not even living in the same state that I was when I started the first episode of all this. But the fact that we're able to keep giving you guys exclusive content makes me happy. Um, And when I was thinking about episode 200 and thinking about things to cover, I thought about a hero or vigilante, I guess you would say, that makes me happy. Jason Todd and the Red Hood. Now, next week, we'll be talking about the first ever live action depiction of this story and that character. Um, Some love it, some hate it. But before any of that happened, there was Under the Hood, the the story written by Judd Winnick, primarily illustrated by Doug Mankey. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Basically, just in the Batman title, like the main title Batman story. Um, it runs from November 2004 to June 2005. Goes on a hiatus, as DC knows to do when things go uh, good, which is probably why the ending happened the way it happened, because literally this falls right into Infinite Crisis. This is like the worst timing, I, I feel like, <laughs> for this kind of story. But this would go on to spur um, Under the Red Hood, the animated film, which I think is one of the most famous DC animated films mm-hmm. um something that i think everyone in the click has seen but this story was actually something that you hadn't read yet gt no what without giving spoilers because we'll go through uh you know the events of this story what do you think i enjoyed it a lot it was um you know i i remember the moment i pulled it up and i told you like oh boy this is a lot of issues this is gonna be interesting um yeah. i gotta knock this out in a week uh but it was actually kind of a quick read. The, the it, it's either the um, issues aren't very long or they just breeze on by, and I just I found myself just kind of going from from uh, title to title, as you say, um, and just it just like, and I'm even say like I appreciate when a story has consistent title cards. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, I know what I'm getting along here. Cool. It, it, it's a story. So, you know, just to give a big a little bit of backstory on me, um, I, I loved Under the Red Hood. And um, it was overseas where I was like, you know, maybe I maybe I like like comics, you know, <laughs> uh, comics like me, but maybe I like like comics. And I wasn't really the about eternal question to, for a youthful man. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't about to just um, get into issue to issue comics. It just felt impenetrable at the time. Mm-hmm. So I had already read stories for enjoyment, one shots or, you know, mini series, nothing big mostly things i probably would have seen in another adaptation some way or another and under the red hood like i said the animated film i really really dug so i went out of my way to find this story and i really really liked it i went back and i found this weird like six issue series i think it's called um red hood the the lost days that literally depicts what happens in between his resurrection and him showing up in under the red hood or under the hood in like detail like uh, he sleeps with talia we're just talking off air about all the people jason sleeps with but he sleeps with talia in that book (laughs) uh talia's down to have you know some of the um the young lion as opposed to the (laughs) the older of the bride that's that's not a connection i'd be proud of no no not at all um there was also a lot of talk because he appears in hush you Mm. know and it's it's led to be believed that it was clayface but in the you know in the dc game it's all about retcons right so it was like it was clayface for some of it but for some of it it was also me which is like yeah i guess <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you gotta fight you know you gotta square that corner somehow yeah but um i i dove really deep into everything red hood for a very long time i was red hood at, at the last comic-con uh that i was at i think i really like all of my fandom I realize resides in this story because mm. post this story, they don't do much with Jason to the point that I had almost convinced myself that I didn't like this story. You know, <laughs> I had gotten to the point of thinking like, maybe it was cool in the day. You understand? I had gotten to there with Jason where I'm like, uh, maybe, you know, cause I, I, I see, I worked myself into a shoot. Yeah. I <laughs> feel like people go really hard on the aesthetics, like the look of him. Sure. But there's there's sometimes nothing underneath except for I was the forgotten son, I was the martyr, you know, mm-hmm. I was the sacrificial lamb, scapegoat in in Batman's War, which is an incredibly interesting tale to tell. But you right. can only tell that tale so many times. That's a lot of tease. Um, but also, I have cool guns. But also, I have cool guns. But also, I'm not supposed to murder because the Bat Family doesn't murder. Yeah. But also, I murder. But also, Batman stops me from murdering. It's a lot. It's a lot to wrap yeah. your head around. But I got back into this and I wanted to slap myself. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> it's just punchy <laughs> enough. It's just it's just quippy enough. It's just action-packed enough. Um, that it really makes the whole thing an enjoyable read. Um, I love Batman's paranoia at one point, you know, where he's just asking mm-hmm. several people, like, how the hell does this work? Um I love Alfred trying to be indifferent about this whole thing, right? Because he knows how Bruce feels and how close he is to all this and how this all drives him crazy. Um, I love Black Mask in this, getting screwed with. <laughs> Black Mask is a great time in this. He's he's so funny in this. And there's moments of that in the animated series as well. 
like how willy nelly he kills people um yeah and then there's things like chemo and mr freeze like plot points that don't really go anywhere <laughs> that get get like trumped up and don't really do anything but i found this as, as an incredible enjoyable read it just becomes one of the things of like how do you top this then it's mm. almost the winter soldier story for bucky right it was a hell of a story to tell well, I gotta do something with Bucky now. And yeah. last I saw, and I think he's back now, but last I saw, they strapped him to a rocket and they sent his ass, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Hydra Cap sent his ass, you know, who knows what. Well, where. no, you see, he survived that. Oh, okay, he's back. <laughs> see, what's he up to now? What's all Buck's doing now? Is he hanging out with uh, Black Widow? Um, actually, they did the thing where they went to find Black Widow after she was supposedly killed in Secret Empire. <laughs> Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. So they so him and Hawkeye got a got a book together. Really? Team, yeah. Hawkeye and, and and Winter Soldier is a team of comic books like to occasionally do, I have found. Okay, okay. So they, but that's what I'm saying, they're just trying to slot him with somebody else. Yeah, uh, in a sense, yes. But it's it's also I think it also has a lot to do with the um again, what we were just discussing off camera, it's a lot to do with that very weird dynamic between Hawkeye and and uh Winter Soldier, where it's like, so we slept with the same chick. Yeah. Yeah, we did. And I like your aim. I like your aim. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, some of these characters, when they're all guns and all pouches, you start to question if they have any depth. I think this is one of the, I guess you could call it the deepest stories or one of the most in-depth stories that deals with Jason, but it's hard to top. I argue nothing has topped it. And mm-hmm. thus, you know, this story is, I mean, if you want to say that it ended in 2006, this story is 15 years old, mm-hmm. you know, and hasn't been topped in 15 years. Like, we, we got we to gotta do something about that. But without further ado, we'll get into the events of Batman Under the Hood, pausing to recoil at some of the funny stuff that happens mm-hmm. uh, and just get into the dynamic that they uh, establish here. Right at the top, I'd like to say I appreciate a comic book that introduces to you all of its principal characters right in the beginning. Yes, yes. And this is something that you see happen on occasion where it will start right in the middle of something and be like, hold up, let's rewind, you know? Um, (laughs) You may be wondering how I got here. 100%. So our story starts off with a homeless man in the streets of Gotham minding his own business when he feels some blood splatter from the sky. Uh, unbeknownst to him, on the rooftop above, the merciless Red Hood and Batman are duking it out mano y mano to a damn near standstill. When their fight makes their way into a nearby alley, Hood takes the opportunity to unmask Batman mid-fight to add insult to injury. Never one to be outdone, he takes off his own mask and Batman recoils in shock. Um... Would have probably been cool to see what this. I don't know. I probably would have rolled my eyes if I didn't know it was Jason Todd. Yeah, <laughs> would have been. I just would have been like, "Ain't he dead? Like, really? Like, you're really, you're really digging deep." But I had seen the Under the Red Hood story, so I, you know, I understood what was happening here. Right, right, right. Um, before we can see who's under the hood, wink. Uh, we get back to five weeks before these events where Bruce Wayne is in the Batcave thinking of all the unforeseen casualties in his war on crime. Now, again, none of this is happening in the animated film. They did a way better job at, at hiding that lead. In this, at every turn, he's like, ah, oh, remember Jason? 
Or how Jason died. <laughs> Nothing, Alfred. I'm just thinking of Jason and how Jason's dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, while deep in thought, Alfred tells him that Lucius Fox wants to talk to him regarding Wayne Industries. When Br- Bruce takes the meeting, he is told that he has been removed from the board of directors of Cord slash Wayne Industries R&D department after some heavy hitters purchased the department in a carefully planned hostile takeover. It's all, uh, what is it? Um... Shark Tank kind of stuff going on here. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Corporate uh, sharpshooting. Yes. This upsets Bruce, not because he will no longer have a place to invent new gadgets, but that others could get their hands on the blueprints for his tech and they could use it for nefarious reasons. So he gets so frustrated that he just puts on the bat suit and goes out on patrol. This feels like another lost thread. I guess Hood took it all. But the idea that, like, I think that's a cool idea that his gadgets are out there. Mm-hmm. And he'd have to come and I think they're going to deal with something like that with Tony, actually, in Armored yeah, Wars. Yeah, I was just going to say it's it's the Iron Man thing where like, like, oh, no, my tech is out there. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it wasn't um, Armored Wars, I think, does it. But like, I, it's also kind of the principal um, conflict in uh, a pretty good Iron Man story called The Five Nightmares. OK, interesting. It was like that's one of his five nightmares that like all of his tech will end up out in the black market and like he can't control it anymore. Oh hell no. Yeah. Um so elsewhere, eight of the most prominent drug dealers in Gotham uh meet, but they don't know who arranged the meeting. A hail of gunfire announces the arrival of the person in question, the Red Hood, who, while brandishing an AK-47, felicitates a deal where he protects the drug dealers from Batman and Black Mask in exchange for 40% of their business. When one of the dealers acts defiant, Hood tosses a duffel bag at them containing the heads of all their lieutenants and threatens more violence if they don't accept the offer, which they do. Like whenever okay. seven or more people end up at a meeting that they don't know who invited them to, I just think of Clue. Yeah. Well, now I'm starting to think of Invincible because same thing happens in the end of Invincible. Oh, the oh first does episode. It? Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Where they're like, "Wait a minute, who called us here?" <laughs> um, but come on, man! Like, what a cool introduction. You know, I, I still the glimmer in my eye. He tosses the the duffel bag full of heads. You know, <laughs> it, I, it's a little hard seeing. Uh, I want to say. Uh, current walters uh doing something similar i mean he does something similar in titans but i feel like um oh, oh that's I, the actor yeah he's he was like playing young robin so now he's just playing like young red hood oh is he like the same like they use the same actor for it yeah ah so he's just a little man <laughs> you know what I'm saying? like he's still i thought they i i, I thought they would have used somebody else to like age him up. I, I guess that's hard to, mm. no because it's weird yeah just continuing the story so yeah, yeah you can't just, do the time lapse it's just young angsty that's what i'm saying it, it feels edgier on the show so that's why i'm like i, I started to think maybe i don't like the character <laughs> and, then I, <laughs> and then i read this and i'm like no, no no he's totally good we just have to add some depth mm-hmm. um in the meatpacking district, Black Mask is being briefed by his right-hand man about Red Hood's actions, but he tells him not to worry. They head to a mysterious location, and it is revealed that Mask is there to recruit Mr. Freeze for a job. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> the ever-brooding Batman looks over the Gotham skyline when he is met by Nightwing, a.k.a. Dick Grayson, who offers to go on patrol with him. Hmm. Uh, uh, they have, like, piffy dialogue back and forth where Batman's not trying to have any kind of conversation with him. Um... Elsewhere, Black Mask has his uh, tech guys make Mr. Freeze a new suit, 
with each guy who bugs freeze being killed in the process. <laughs> it's like the worst person to fit a suit for. Black Mask is again warned about Red Hood, but he shrugs it off again, saying that he's on top of things. At Gotham Harbor, Batman and Nightwing take down several armed men in an attempt to intercept a black arms shipment. When they open the lid, they see an assortment of weapons made famous by Gotham villains. They try to decipher why it's here, but the beeping lets Batman know there's an explosive inside, so they dive into the water to avoid death. As Batman stands back up, he can see the Trigger Man, Red Hood, escaping from the, a rooftop and chases after him with Nightwing in tow. Trigger Man. That's it. As he invades the dynamic duo, Batman can't help but think that Hood is incredibly well-trained, and he's super agile. Uh, Hood leads them to a warehouse where the two are confronted by the android known as Amazo, who has all the powers of the Justice League, uh, and for some reason is drawn to look like a genie of sorts. I don't understand. <laughs> I never understood the Widow's Peak, the the elf ears. I never got. But I guess he was supposed to look like a robot, and maybe that's what robots looked like at the time. Um, not that I remember. Not that I remember either. Uh, but he has. Yeah, he ends up having. He has all the powers of the Justice League because he's he can mimic those powers so he has all those powers and none of the patience uh with hood nowhere to be found nightwing and batman gear up for a fight uh black mass talks to mr freeze about a possible partnership before his right hand tells him that there's already a problem back with amazo bruce and dick do their best to take the fight to the android and after deducing his weaknesses which is human weaknesses they just stab him in his ears and stuff oh jeez. uh and with a little help from the batmobile they managed to disable the killbot meanwhile red hood calls black mask to tell him he's stolen his latest shipment which happens to be over 100 pounds of kryptonite nice <laughs> i thought all of this was hilarious because he's like yeah i want 50 million dollars like what the hell makes you think i have 50 million dollars he's like i'll find somebody who has 50 million dollars <laughs> He's like, it's a hundred pounds of kryptonite. You're telling me I can't get, I can't sell this weight. I got this. Um, that much kryptonite does leave a radiation trail, but before Batman can find it, Red Hood moves the container back with Hood and Mask. Hood demands fifty million in exchange for the rocks. After some hesitation, Mask accepts, but is revealed that he's sending Freeze in to kill Red Hood for his audacity. Just for his audacity. That's it. Freeze and some goons go to Hood's meetup location and are ambushed by Hood's firepower before Batman and Nightwing arrive. Nightwing confronts Hood, but he uses firearms to cause a distraction and he and Freeze get away separately. Batman and Nightwing agree that Hood is quote unquote very good, with mm. Batman looking curious as to why. We then cut to an amusement park where the Joker sits dejected. Red Hood shows up and instantly starts to beat him damn near to death bringing back memories of when Joker did this to Jason Todd, the second Robin back in 1988. The homage serves the narrative as Hood takes off his helmet and we see the face of the thought to be deceased Jason Todd, complete with domino mask, as he asks Joker how it feels to be beaten to death. What do you think about the domino mask underneath the hood, the helmet? <laughs> I, I always I, thought it was a little weird, but I never asked anybody else. Yeah, that's one of those things that it's just like, obviously it makes no sense practically. Yeah, but like it, it's 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 a comic book thing where it's just like this is about the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it also kind of goes to that whole thing. Like Batman is never drawn with actual skin around his eyes. Yeah, 
you know so when you see somebody it's always the whites yeah so if you see somebody even wearing a batman mask if they don't blacken out their eyes it looks very weird um mm. so i think hood just did that aesthetically he's like if i put this white and red mask over when i put the helmet on it just saves time it just yeah it, it all comes together um they should have cracked on this way before iron man they would have sold helmets way before <laughs> any of that <laughs> i think this helmet's kind of cool um they don't really harp on it too much but what do you think about him taking the moniker red hood uh famously used by the joker and I want to say Killing Joke was the time we had heard about, you know, him using it to uh, rob Ace Chemicals or do something on Ace Chemicals. And that's how he became Joker. What do you think about him using Red Hood? You know, I kind of like the idea in the sense that um, if you're if you're looking for like if if the goal ostensibly is fear, you want. It, it it probably works a lot easier and a lot faster to bring back the specter the the specter of something recognizable. Yeah, I instead of having to establish a, a a whole new brand. Because then you become Drake, like Tim Drake, right? <laughs> <laughs> Drake. Red Robin. Yum. I was like, that's your name though. Like like the same thing <laughs> like Spider Gwen. She can't be Spider Gwen because then they would know who she is. Right. Uh, they changed that though in Marvel. She's Ghost Spider now. Whatever the hell that means. Well, she was never Spider Gwen. You're right. She was Spider Woman. Yeah, it's like we just, but we can't sell Spider Woman the book because we already have that. Yeah, so we had to give her a new IP. <laughs> then it makes sense in real world, so we had to change it again. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, I like I like this moment. I question, and I think they I think they yada yada about like <laughs> as they do. Yeah, don't they like yada yada about like that Jason like let Joker go free so he could capture him again? Because he captures him again at the end, right? He didn't hold him in custody this entire time. No, I think he, I think you see him again, and then like all of a sudden he's locked up in the in the big like tower or whatever in the, at the at the last one. Yeah, yeah, and it, but I think like Joker says something offhandedly like, "I thought when you let me go, it was gonna be the end of it, but obviously whatever." whatever. So it's like that he's trying to like fill in the blanks because he. He has him dead to rights here. Whatever he wanted to do, he could do right now. But yeah. seemingly he has more that he wants to accomplish. He's got a story to tell. He's got a story to tell. God damn it, he's going to tell it. <laughs> Around Gotham, the Red Hood is making a mess of Black Mass organization by blowing up his shipment of arms and killing any and every one Mass sends to stop him. Shaken by what's on his mind, Batman seeks advice from notable magic user Zatanna while people coming back from the dead... This is a this goes on this is like a montage of Batman tearfully asking people for advice and then rudely leaving. Like dismissing <laughs> dismissing whatever answer they give and dropping the mic and walking away. So I'm gonna he, need y'all to stop giving me like little droplets of this Batman Satana relationship and then just not doing anything. I don't know why they tease it so much to not go nowhere, man. <laughs> hey, leave that cat, man. He she ain't worth it. She left you at the altar, bro. <laughs> worth it man we all we all had a party there was there was tying issues for this <laughs> money was spent money was spent um so according to her the lazarus pits cannot raise the dead but batman calls that just a theory hmm. with no real answers he takes off next person he seeks advice from is jason blood aka etrigan the rapping demon who tells Batman that they are ma- they are magical methods for raising the dead? I cannot but- see the black label version. Oh yeah, with the, with the chain and all that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> it's concert for Etrigan and the Demon. He, uh, yeah, he's like, there are magic ways to raise the dead, but none of them are actually clean and simple. He's like, you want to go find out about ways to find out about the dead coming back to life? Go ask Oliver Queen, who is mysteriously resurrected. So, um, I had like kind of heard about this. I think they deal with some of this in Green Lantern Recharge or Rebirth or maybe Rebirth <laughs> something. Um, but because there was a Green Lantern Rebirth before the Rebirth launch, right? Because there was yes. a Flash Rebirth. I know that for a fact. Yeah, they're they both exactly. They're both essentially exactly the same thing. Like older, uh, older versions of heroes. Yeah, and uh, they yeah because that's what it, it, it's it's. They yada yada through uh, through parallax. <laughs> like, oh yeah, parallax. It wasn't Hal Jordan. It's actually the actual living entity of fear. So we don't have to blame Hal anymore. We'll just bring. Well, you him know, back from the we dead. can totally walk back all the murder. All the murder. We'll bring him back from the. He he killed so many people. One day we got to cover that. <laughs> that Emerald Twilight story is is crazy. I've actually never read it. It's it's it's. I think it's like four issues. It's not long okay. at all. But he goes crazy, like cuckoo crazy, a hundred percent. There's a there's a picture of him like this with all the yeah. green rings on. He's out out of his mind. I think but, there's also a picture of Jeff Johns doing the same thing. <laughs> but I think in this, what ends up happening is he does in the weird parallax thing. He does find a way to bring Ali back to life. Ali had died in a plane crash. I also think while we went a bit of ahead, we should probably discuss the nature in which Jason was killed. Okay. Because uh, it brings around a lot of this stuff. So um, the backstory is that supposedly Jason Todd as a character was not interesting enough. And people were saying that he was just Dick Grayson light. The idea that Dick Grayson would outgrow Robin and become Nightwing was incredibly cool at the time, but Batman and Robin were so iconic that they had to fill him fill it in with somebody. And this to people felt like a weird cousin Oliver Brady Bunch situation of like we're just hmm. going to add a insulary character so that it looks like the image you remember, but it doesn't fit as well. So people were constantly giving the creators and the writers, you know, crap because they thought that Jason was basically a um a carbon copy and a bad one of dick right so they decide that they're going to do this story called death in the family and they're going to allow people to vote on whether or not jason todd in the comics lived or died there was an 800 number and rumor has it it was fixed or something like somebody you know like <laughs> auto dialed and killed them but the results came in and jason todd was killed Mm-hmm. Um, he was it, it now in storyline. Jason is looking for his mother in Africa, I want to say, and or the Middle East. I want to say Africa, though, because sure. uh, he's told that his mother's like a humanitarian and they find his mother. Turns out she's not his mother, some lady lying to because they wanted to trap Jason there. Mm. And um, Joker uh beats him to death with a crowbar and then blows him up. Yes. And so um, Batman and the only reason why Batman wasn't around is because Batman let um, Batman didn't know he took off. And I think he wrote like a note like, hey, I know you're you worry a lot about me, but this is just my mom. I just want to see her stuff like that. Hmm. He, gets, he gets blown up and Batman's like, I will never have a Robin again. And then <laughs> Drake shows up. Hey, Robin sounds like a pretty good idea. And we're, and we're right back to it. So I think that the idea that he wasn't even chosen by the people 
adds an interesting wrinkle to Red Hood or Jason sure. Todd as a character. Because not only was he abandoned by the writers, not only was he abandoned by DC, but even the readers are like, nah, bro, we don't want you. Yeah. So to turn that around and become this character that's, I think, infinitely more um, po- uh, popular, you know, just serves in his best interest. And who would have thought? Because again, he was the person no one really cared for to begin with. So a lot of this angst of not want, want wanting to be wanted resides on the shoulders of Jason Todd. And he, he, you can tell, you know, you can, you can tell. Which is, a, which is sort of an ironic bit of pathos considering that now, uh, uh, that, that comic book readers are sort of relegated to this idea of rejected peoples by a, a level of society. Yeah. And that Jason was rejected by these rejects. Yeah. Only yeah. to come back and sort of be somewhat embraced by a whole new form of rejects who relate to him. But then, and then the weird thing is, he can't be fully embraced, right? Because if he's fully embraced, he loses the edge. Yeah, he still has to be like, yep, petering. <laughs> he's just on the razor of just like not working all the time. I I don't even like to fully call him a hero. It feels weird for me to say Red Hood, the out and out hero. So I usually go anti-hero or vigilante. Yeah, um, he, he's sort of DC's Punisher, but without any of the um uh how do you say the the status under him yeah yeah um and the thing is like he's just mad that he died i guess you know as opposed to his family um so we want to talk about random ass cameos back in gotham a gang of dealers argue but they're confronted by onyx a former assassin turned gotham vigilante did you know more much about i have never heard of this character I've never, I think she's on the outsiders, like this era okay. of the outsiders. Now that okay. I think about it, it's like her Geostorm, Batman, stuff like that. Um, Before this, I had never heard of this character. After this, I've never heard of this character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's able to take down all the, the dealers before twisting one's arm until, until they tell her who they're working for. And it's the Red Hood. Bruce meets Oliver on a rooftop to discuss their resurrection, and the conversation turns hostile. You might have heard a little giggle in my voice. It's because I remember them just being dicks to each other for no reason. <laughs> and they never, like, maybe Yogi has to answer this for me, because I don't know what they're referencing here. Do you remember this conversation where Batman's like, look, I don't know, uh, I don't know what you did to me. I, you're, He's like, you're being really hostile towards me, and I know it can't be because I did something to you because you're not that petty. So it must be because you did something to me. And I hope whatever the hell it is, you get over it. And uh, he gives Batman like a look. And then he says, like, I'm sorry. And I don't know what any of it's in reference. I have no clue what he's fucking talking about. The I, only interactions I have seen between Ollie and Batman in the comics were in the New 52. So those yeah. are completely different people. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. So I don't know what his beef is here with this. Uh, more um, traveled, well-traveled DC readers might know. But I thought it was really interesting that they had all this angst because Batman's like, are you sure they didn't do like any like Satanistic you know, rituals <laughs> with your body before you died? He's like, did, did you prepare for death? He's like, I got blown up in a plane, bro. Like, what did you? No, no. Oh, that's stupid. And uh, the more lack of answers, I guess you would say, that Batman gets, the more frustrated he's getting about this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, after some back and forth, Batman leaves in a huff. And he ends up being contacted by Onyx, who tells him that she knows that other dealers are working for the Hood. When she's unable to provide Batman with Hood's exact location, he hangs up on her. As you like, do. He's like, you know what? Let me know when you can find him. And she just hangs up on her. Uh, unbeknownst to him, 
Onyx is actually watching more dealers talk about the hood and his reign of terror. But never shy from a conversation, Onyx hears a voice from behind in the rafters and sees the red hood standing before her. Again, just rule it cool, right? Just showing up. Hey, they're talking about me down there, aren't they? It's like you want to <laughs> you want to hate this guy, but he's always a step ahead. And in this part of the story, it even makes you think like he might not be all that gone mm-hmm. because they he calms her down and together they watch this whole meeting of drug dealers. Uh, meanwhile, in Metropolis, Batman and Superman team up, stop some criminals. Uh, Superman's like, bro, what are you doing over here? Why are you over here stopping <laughs> crimes? I'm Superman. And he's like, I, I want I want to talk. You know I don't need to help you. You don't even like it here. No, 100%. Um, back with Onyx and the Red Hood. Red Hood has heard enough and asks Onyx if she would like to help him beat up the bad guys. She seems shocked. So he just jumps over the ledge and throws some grenades. He's like, I, I got this. She quickly joins in on the efforts anyway. Um, we go back to the meeting of the world's finest, and Batman asks Superman about the time he died at the hands of Doomsday. And Batman seems downright frustrated that he doesn't seem to understand how people could just magically escape death with no rhyme, reason, or science. Mm-hmm. And when Superman asks, why are you so hell-bent about finding out about death, Batman says he doesn't know. How far into this did you did, do you think Batman thought it was Jason? Um, I think he's got a hint right from the beginning, but it makes no sense to him. Yeah, I think I think I feel like I feel like Bruce is the kind of person where where and I can relate to this where where empirical data fails, everything just kind of gets lost in the either, and it's yeah. highly frustrating. No, I but I, I I believe that too. I would also even go so far as to say because in my head I was questioning. Why follow this lead? If it if the math isn't adding up, why follow this lead? And I think it's guilt, right? Because if yeah. it is Jason, if it is truly Jason, he mm-hmm. owes it to Jason to find out if it's Jason. Right. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Uh, so I think that's interesting as well because we know how laser focused he gets with this stuff. He'll sit there with the with the Justice League Dark and be like, "Magic is bullshit," you know. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll sit there and talk to the gods, you know, with Wonder Woman, be like, "Yeah, all this is garbage. What are you talking about?" So I thought it was interesting that he would still follow this lead. But like we said, it might be the guilt. Um, Hood and Onyx are outnumbered. I had to like, I read this and I didn't really get it. So I went back and I reread it. And I think it's even funnier on the second go. Mm. Hood and Onyx are outnumbered by the dealers, by the dealers that they started the fight with, right? Mm. They started the fight with these guys and now they're outnumbered. So now they have to run away, mm. they run out of the building. And Onyx is like, oh, good. We got free of them. And Red Hood turns around and unleashes a minigun. He just pulls a freaking minigun. I think it was in the dumpster or something. He just takes out a minigun and lays waste to all those people. Mm-hmm. And it's just a pile of dead criminals at the end of it. And Onyx is like, what the hell is going on? Don't kill those people. And he's like, Hood, fear, is, is the, fear isn't the answer anymore. Which is Batman's whole thing, right? Like, I'll just scare them straight and they'll never rob again. Well, they'll never rob again if they're dead. That's how they'll never rob again. So that's how I'm going to go with it. Um, Also, it it doesn't, it, it, um, uh, I imagine you may have thought of this. I certainly did. It doesn't express it, but like, your man just unloaded several shots out of that gun and then placed the nozzle right onto Honest's neck. That's got to fucking hurt. Exactly. 
And yeah, you're not like he, like you said, he aims the minigun at her. And you're like, like, right, right for a second, you're like, oh, yeah, they're going to team up and stop bad guys. Like, that's so, that's kind of cool. I, I think I had this guy wrong. And then he stabs her in the shoulder. At one point later on in the story, he goes to great lengths to talk about what he, why he likes to stab people in the shoulder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I just like, I, like, I dig this. I like to stab people in the shoulder and shit. It works. Yeah. So he stabs her in the shoulder. At one point, he threatens to take the blade and pull it all the way down to her hip. Mm-hmm. That was a bit gruesome for a Robin. <laughs> uh, but he's far mm-hmm. past that now, I guess. Um, he, What I do like is that he's t- he pretends that he wants to recruit her. But then he's like, oh, that's just a joke. Don't you hate it when that happens? Like, villains <laughs> are like, join me and you, we can together. We can. So, like, we're he, not as different as you think. Yeah, he's cracking jokes. Like, it's really hard to hate this guy. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very quippy. There's a, a lot of personality behind that mask. Mm-hmm. A lot of time to think of that grave. So mm-hmm. uh, he's like, yeah, that's a lame villain tactic used by like really shitty villains. I'm not about to do that. Um, he pulls out the blade, stops her from bleeding. Again, yada, yada, right? Oh, the field dressing I put on you simultaneously closes the cut, disinfects the wound. And and like gives you I don't know pain meds or whatever like I was like yeah okay all right bro yeah yeah um uh they he he's there he's cracking jokes he I think he aims the gun at her again and then Batman shows up of course uh the two do battle and Hood's able to evade outmaneuver outthink bats at every turn we catch up to the we basically catch up to the fight scene at the very beginning of this story where they're fighting on that roof. Um, and we see, we, now that hood unmasks, we actually get to see his face, uh, unlike in the beginning of the story. And we see Bruce Wayne for the first time in years, look at the face of Jason Todd, his second Robin. Uh Bruce says he, uh, come on. He, he, I literally says like, you expect me to believe this? I'll never believe that you're Jason. Um, Jason says, well, I remember hush. I was totally there. You know, um, and it's all real. And then in another just badass moment, he just takes a batarang and guts the back of his head. He just mm. he just cuts a, he just cuts six inches out of his scalp, and it's like, yeah, you got blood on this. Go ahead, test the DNA. You know, you you know, let me know what it comes back as. Uh, he tells Bruce that he's there to be the hero Batman can never be by bringing death to those who deserve it. He says that Bruce never understood Gotham, remarking that the city is evil and he will be the only one to bring it to peace. Um, this is something I'm, I'm assuming we're also going to hear in Titans. It's something that we've dealt with in Daredevil and Punisher. This idea that your job, your way of doing things is not getting the job done. We've got to mm-hmm. turn up the heat on these villains because if we don't, they're never going to stop. Um, so I thought that was interesting there. Let's see. Oh, yes. Uh, an awesome moment. He uses it. He uses an explosion in his helmet as a distraction. That's his go-to move in this, by the way. Yeah. He'll just drop his helmet and he'll start beeping and it explodes. It's like uh, the, the, the fucking DC pumpkin bombs. Yeah, I was actually thinking of the... Uh, this shows you where the hell my head is at. I was thinking of the... Mission Impossible, you know, this tape will <laughs> explode. <laughs> and it comes, it's like, I'm, it's right. like, I'm done with my monologue, so now my helmet's going to explode. <laughs> That's usually what happens. 
uh, yeah, he get he gets away. Meanwhile, back at the Batcave, all DNA scans point to Jason Todd as the Red Hood. As Bruce walks over the pod containing Jason's old Robin suit, Alfred asks him if he wants it removed. But Bruce says no. And that hood being Jason changes nothing. What do you think about this moment? So it's a quiet moment. I think it also takes it also happens in the movie as well, right? Uh this is the end of the movie, I believe. Yeah. Well he's like, it's the happiest day of my life. Yeah, that that's when you get like the ghost image, the astral image. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was interested to find that this takes place like in the middle. I was interested that Alfred's like, you want me to throw this out? <laughs> <laughs> you want to dump this? Trash comes tomorrow. It'll be, it'll be gone before you before you know it. But I think I think it's more so that Alfred will do anything for Bruce. You know, like and sometimes, like I think at this point, or maybe it's when the casket happens. He's going on what, like three days no sleep. Mm-hmm. He's really running himself ragged when it comes to all this stuff. Which so, I gotta say, and and they're coming, they're um, they're all coming up soon. Some of my favorite parts of this book is actually when Alfred starts to lead. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, later, Batman busts up some low-level street thugs, but is mocked by Red Hood, who stuffs the building full of C four and sets up a camera just to watch Bruce work. As you do. Things seems to be picking up for Todd in his plans because he makes his claim on Gotham by killing drug dealers, blowing up weapon shipments, still taking a money uh, percentage of the blood money in the streets, including taking money from prostitution. Mm. So my man is uh, pimping these hoes. <laughs> Black-, <laughs> Black Mask has had it with Hood and demands to know why he's not dead. His conversation is interrupted when Mask can feel himself being watched, and he is. On the adjacent rooftop, Hood waves and shoots an RPG at Mask. Uh, at Mask HQ, blowing it to bits. I love that wave, by the way. Like, I love that he's like, I don't know. I feel like he's ten steps ahead of us, and he looks across the street, and the one guy Hi. that yeah, he's just saying. You know, and the thing is, the wave, like the wave, is just theatrical. He doesn't even know if he can see him. It doesn't really matter. He just <laughs> did it to be a dick, and he blows up uh, the building. And I love. I wish this was in the film because it's like the, my headquarters is a fortress. Yes, sir. But he hit the one window that was getting repaired. <laughs> you know, between the hours of whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! Like once he found out about that. Mass starts to be like, okay, maybe, maybe, because this entire time he's no selling him, right? Yeah, eh, he's taking the low level money. Eh, he's doing this. Eh, he's doing that. What is it? What? What can he? How can he hurt us in the grand scheme of things? <laughs> and now, like the fight has gotten all the way to Mask, like literally at his doorstep, right? We're blowing him up. So I think, and I've always thought that that was a pretty um cool. Like I said, like. Ruler cool, like he's just doing it. Um, they end up doing something similar in season one of Luke Cage with Cottonmouth. Right. Just like, hey, got a got an RPG here. Uh, so I wonder if that was in any way an homage. I thought it, it was just as funny to me when he gets the line in too, where it's like he's not even in a hurry to make the blast. He's just like, man, that guy really can move. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now we'll shoot it. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> it's a cat and mouse game for him. <laughs> 
And I wonder if he believes that this is a better... Do you think, like, all of this is what he perceives to be a better way of fighting crime than what Bruce is doing? Um, Or is he just fucking with masks? It's just, I think he's. I think he's fucking with mask. Yeah, like, it's very clear. It's made very clear throughout the entire book. It's like, like if he wanted mask dead, he'd be dead. Yeah. I also think later on, it's almost said about like, like he has a very low opinion of mask as well. Yeah. Be- and I think it's because mask has such a high opinion of himself. But to be fair, when we started this story, according to the narrative and the continuity going on, he was the crime kingpin of Gotham at the time. Um, I guess when you die and you come back, though, you don't fear the things that a gangster like that would make you fear. Maybe. So he's just like poking and prodding at him because he's not scared. But um, I guess at that point also where it's like. They probably e- even though Black Mask is the guy in charge now to them, it's like. You're not Falcone. Right. And we've got five times worse than Falcone these days. So it's like. You're yeah. just a mob boss to us. And and criminals are getting scared about this whole thing. Because it's like, we used to have to just worry about Batman if we got caught or Black Mask if we messed up. But now there's a weird third element that's just blowing us up just because. Right. Like, I'm good. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to go to church. <laughs> so, I'm, uh, so I thought that was uh, that was funny as well. When one of his security guys are like, I don't understand how he got in. You know, with fortified, he just shoots him. He's <laughs> over, he shoots him. Um, and then he demands that someone kill the Red Hood. He is approached by Slade you Wilson. Ewan McGregor is pissed. <laughs> yes, he is. He is approached by Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke. Again, another thread that probably goes <sighs> elsewhere. But um, he says, I want you to join my alliance of villains. Um, and I like that Red Hood and Batman are both simultaneously watching this conversation. They both go, fuck. Like, they both, they both like, Son of like oh this is not an element either one of us expected yes um this part i'm gonna go through a bit fast but feel free if you want to talk about it more the reason i'm gonna go through it fast is i felt that it was very very weird possibly done better in the film but the two villains arranged for red hood to be jumped by hyena and um Steve Rogers, Captain America, <laughs> Captain Hydra, Captain Nazi. Are you familiar with this Captain Nazi? No, but like it's it's a I don't want to say nothing happens, but it's like it's actually a very funny set of pages, but it's just silly dialogue. It's awesome. First of all, that <laughs> that give me that all day. That sure. like um I think one of them's a girl. But I didn't check under the hood. <laughs> that kind of does look like a girl to me. Wasn't one of the hyenas a guy? Um, so whoa. I just love the idea where it's just like that was a freaking Nazi and he's blind. So I am finding out a bunch of things here. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Captain Nazi is a Fawcett Comics character. Fawcett Comics famously ah, okay. created Shazam, and yes. so DC owns them. You know, uh, via a purchase that they made quite a long time ago. Um, it says because back then you just made Nazi comic book characters. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he was given superhuman strength, stamina, and a special flying gas that allows him to fly. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how gas works. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> there's a comic book called "The Power of Shazam: War Crimes." <laughs> Woof. Um. You would be interested to know 
that in episode i'm sorry in the episode of the tv show legends of tomorrow he is in the second season oh god uh he's an ally of eobard thorn captain nazi I, they probably of didn't course call him, he is they probably didn't call him captain nazi to be fair um and it says in justice league unlimited he made a roundabout appearance roundabout he's, he's probably just a character painted into a corner somewhere it says during a flashback sequence a character who looks very similar to captain nazi is being prevented from taking a super soldier serum by spy smasher it is later revealed that the serum was created for project captain nazi <laughs> i appreciate a good joke like this but what the fuck what did you think about like what if like steve didn't call himself project rebirth <laughs> or captain rebirth he called him captain america captain nazi cat super nazi serum what's all, all this madness i went down a rabbit hole i gotta get back up all right oh no so uh nazis 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 uh okay the yeah nazi and hood are uh i'm sorry and hyena are beating up hood things are getting a bit rough but batman shows up of all people to help even the odds and there's this cool image of them side by side reunited again the mm. new the second version of the dynamic duo so they think they got everything handled and then Thea Queen shows up with her drugs. No. Oh, oh no. Count Vertigo, who was selling Vertigo to Thea Queen. Mm. Uh, she should have never got off of that drunk driving, by the way. Oh. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> uh, they both get disabled because Vertigo's thing is that he makes your Vertigo out of whack. You can't balance yourself. Yep. So I, I like that all of these pages are just weird psychedelic rip ripples and waves. <laughs> and yeah, so, it's like the. Um... It's the it's the fucking music video for uh um Jefferson Airplane. Yes, yes it is. They was they were also Jefferson Starship at one point. Then they is graduate. The same, is that the same group? One hundred percent. I I think at one point they're like, I don't know. People are not into airplanes as much, and then they just became Starships. And I don't even know if they're British. Yeah. Oh jeez. So, uh, but yeah, that that's the 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 White Rabbit music video. Yes. Um, that was in a video game, right? What was that video game that 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 trailer was in? It was a fucking big deal. What you mean the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there was it was in one very recently, wasn't it? Like no, it was, it was in, in the it was in the Matrix. Oh, no, it was in the Matrix trailer recently. Right, it was in Red Faction. Okay, somebody was yelling that because <laughs> yeah, it was a very. Pro I remember thinking it was like a cool ass commercial. I never got the game, but I remember thinking it was a cool ass commercial. <laughs> It's just George sitting back. That's a cool ad. That's a work. cool ass commercial. Cool. Do you remember? You uh, we're off on a tangent, but it's episode two hundred. Uh, mm. Do you remember when they played Mad Mad World for Gears of War? Like that was a I cool do. trailer. Like those yes. trailers back in the day were really really legit. Mad Mad World is a very popular song for a trailer. Yeah, I mean, I think at that time Donnie Darko had used it. Uh, they were going yeah. to a lot of different. I think I think Donnie Darko was what made it most popular or something, or at least it's the most recognizable usage of it. Yeah. But like, it sort of became it. It became one of those things where it's just like we need to juxtaposition this very somber, sad song against the most aggro thing we possibly can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, it it was a match made in heaven because I still remember it to this day. <laughs> uh, so they're like Batman's like oh yeah just shoot hyena full of adrenaline 
Don't worry about it. They do Pulp Fiction. You know, they they grab yeah. the they grab the needle and they shoot it from the vagina. It was just one step away from give it rabies. Yes, and he just wigs out. Hyena wakes up, wigs out, and attacks the first person it sees. Also, Batman did some again yada yada. He like rips a part <laughs> of Nazi's uniform and then lets Hyena smell it. He, so he, Hyena, he he punches him with it, I think, so that yeah. he picks up the scent from the outfit. Right. And so he goes then and he goes to attack Captain Nazi. Um which oh no, he goes he attacks Count Vertigo. I'm sorry, Captain Nazi's still out and about. Nazi holds Jason hostage, but Jason kills him by sticking a taser in his eyes. <laughs> which I was completely down down for. Uh is like, no, what did you do? And J- uh, Jason just mocks him for having sympathy for a Nazi. He's like, Bro, really? Really? Are you defending these guys now? Is out of control. <laughs> so you've seen it more recently. Who were these three in the film? It was it was like a a, ro- a, a robot and a lady with a sword. I, I remember, right? Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's um, I forgot what they were called, but they, it seemed like they all had the same name and they were a particular group. Okay, kind of like uh, intergang, like something like that. I think something like that. Yeah, because he refers to them all. Um. He refers to them all by one thing and, and makes the comment that uh they 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 have all this power and they, they use it to kill for money. Uh but nice. I I yeah, I don't remember them enough to say who they were. I'm trying to figure it out. But I remember enough to say like these were random and I go, Oh wait, this is supposed to be the Nazi thing. Yeah, we're not doing that. Yeah, we're totally not doing Nazis. <laughs> Uh, plot, plot, plot. Which is which was funny to me because it's like, okay, I guess you could have put vertical in there, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry. How how could I how could I forget? Apparently, now I have to just just you know stumble into this rabbit hole a little bit further. Oh no, get some confirmation. Oh oh well. Come on, any appearances? Okay. Uh. The people you were looking to identify, GT, are the fearsome hand of four. Jesus Christ. They are the the members are fearsome hand leader. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of one of them. Bulk, baton, and shot. And their only entry uh is under the you know how you know they're not important because they are voiced by ca- by actors who are voicing more important characters in the film. That's true. <laughs> oh, whoa. Uh, I just, again, rabbit hole. The guy who plays... It's coming to me. Black Bolt is going to be Batman in Justice. Oh, Anson Mount. And, and yep, that name that you just said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, very acquainted with the Anson Mount uh, due to my Star Trek fandom. Ah, he looks good. He looks good in that, though. He looks good. He does, and he is recovering quite well from that poor, poor thing Horrible that was the Inhumans. Heart. He was hoping that it would die. Now he got Disney Plus in his back. <laughs> he's like, son of a bitch. Um, but hey, yeah, he's got himself this Batman role. I saw him on um, uh, DC Fandom. Okay. Awesome, awesome. And. Uh, and I was just like, hey, my boy Anson, Captain Pike, good for you. Way to, way to just bury that yeah, into man. the dirt. You know, if more people recognize it from that, yeah, inhuman, what inhumans? Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> oh, the thing Feige didn't want. 
of of all the things Jason Todd does to Black Mask, this might possibly be my favorite. Go for it. He has Black Mask kill all his men. <laughs> uh, because he says, you know, kill all your men, and then me and you will go into partnership with each other. None of your men will allow this to happen because they won't trust you. But all the all of the younger men you will then promote to be your new men. Uh, they'll be fine with it. Mm-hmm. And then he's like. Eh, I take it back. Right after he kills him, all his men, Jason's like, "Eh, nah, I thought about it. I don't want to. I don't want to get back into business with you." <laughs> so Max like flips out. Um, he also sends uh, Jason sends a lock of hair to Wayne Manor to let Batman knows he has the Joker. Uh, Mask does not take this betrayal lightly, and they both fight until Mask stabs Hood through the heart. What do you think about this? Fake out? I uh, I did not believe it from the start, and it was so random. Random as hell, and they end the comic that way, like up, oh, open and shut case. We done killed freaking uh, Jason Todd. Was it explained? Did I miss it? How was Jason talking? Was it just the helmet speaking? He had the guy in the helmet. I, I can totally imagine it's a pre-recorded in the helmet or like something he's just broadcasting. Because he was having conversations with Black Mask, right? Yeah, so like you, you could he's probably like remoting it from um where he's held up with Joker. But why wouldn't the guy under the mask be like <laughs> that doesn't work? It never works. I don't I don't I don't understand. It didn't work like, in Halloween, it's not gonna work here. That's true, that's true. I was like, are he is he just super down to help him do this? Like is that his is that his goal? He's like, I always want to do this. Um so yeah. Mask is flipping the hell out, stabs uh hood through the heart. It's all a fake out though, as the man in the hood is just some unknown thug posing as hood under duress. Uh again, I don't know if he's unknown. He seemed unknown to me. He actually kind of looked like dum dum dugan. But uh, unless he's gone through some, you know, a crack addiction, I think dumb is far from from this story. The real Red Hood is holding Joker hostage. Mast starts to deduce that Batman knows who Red Hood is and even guesses it's someone uh, he's worked with. Batman doesn't confirm. Jason Mm. taunts the Joker and they go back and forth with insults until Jason tells Joker that he isn't crazy. He just plays crazy to justify doing awful things. Joker frowns, Jason laughs, then Jason arranges to meet Batman in Crime Alley, but before Batman can apprehend him, the Society of Villains drops a living bomb in the form of chemo on Bloodhaven as Batman watches Gotham's sister city go up in flames. This is one of the bigger parts where I was just like, oh, that wasn't in the movie. Right, and considering <laughs> considering that the next and last issue of this story before we get to the annual... Considering the ending here, this doesn't even happen, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Uh, crazy. Batman. Nope, I went too far down. <laughs> uh, yes, Batman tries to go on. I'll uh, go so he can check on Nightwing because Bloodhaven is now, you know, smoking, smoldering, smoldering ash. Yep. And that angers Jason Todd, who's like, you weren't there for me when I died. Why the hell do you care about being there for Dick? Nah, stay here. 
And he's like, matter of fact, if you don't stay here, somebody else is going to die tonight. And we're reminded that he has Joker hostage. Mm-hmm. Batman uses a couple batarangs to distract Jason, and he tries to escape from the place, but Jason dodges one of those batarangs while the second one hits his shoulder. Jason uses a grappling hook to attach a small rocket to Batman's cape, causing Batman to be dragged back, the old Peter Quill. Uh, <laughs> the fight continues, and Jason tries to cut Batman's utility belt, and in turn, this always made me laugh, Batman burns Jason's leather jacket. I just feel like he didn't want him to have the jacket. <laughs> that happens in both the comic and the book. It just like sets fire to the jacket, so he has to take it off. Um, Jason jumps away from Batman and into a abandoned building. Batman follows Jason and beats him to a pulp before telling him he tried to save him in the past, but that he wasn't able to. Mm. Jason tells Batman that he forgives him. Not Have you for- gotten to this point now where you just hear the movie? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, like, credit where credit's due, I think this works in the movie because of the voice acting. Sure. There's a level of desperation in Echoes? Jensen Eccles, yes. Yeah, okay. There's a level of desperation in his voice that is believable. Yes. Star of all 800 seasons of Supernatural. Yep. <laughs> and, so, and so you kind of feel like when he's saying, it's like, not for me. I'm not talking about killing. Like, I'm about to get into it, right? <laughs> Dent or Clayface. Yeah, or Penguin. I'm talking <laughs> about him. For what he did to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. So good. And I remember watching the 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 movie at the time and really honestly feeling yeah yeah like wait a minute you're kind of right like especially when you look at barbara because what happens to barbara happens after jason Mm. so had he killed joker after jason barbara wouldn't be you know in a wheelchair right so you could really start to kind of justify like you see how many how far shit's gone from there absolutely ridiculous um what do you remember your i always i always have that? this weird i always have this weird wonder sometimes where i was just like what if the cops shot him would he be as bothered that's true <laughs> that's true because they um, are well within their right to do so <laughs> why is he never on death row i guess because he always right. keeps insane and then he gets yeah, to arkham he, and then he breaks out of arkham he, yeah he's 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 mentally unfit to stand trials so whatever he, gets... he can build a damn uh freaking <laughs> bunker blimp then he's fit enough to stand freaking trial but what, what do you remember about this clashing of ideologies when you first saw it uh um, and before it had been done damn near to death <laughs> yeah right uh yeah you know everything you say about Jason Eccles really turning it on for this, at least for this scene is completely true. Like um, I, I remember distinctly being very pulled into this entire monologue of him just being like, like, like just kill him because he yeah. killed me. Yeah. Why is he still alive? Yeah. And, and, and just knowing that it, it, there's a, there's a, a small part that really foreshadows this very well that you don't get in the movie, which is fine. Um, where, uh Alfred sort of resonates the fact that um uh, the Jason kind of gets it and gets it all a little too early. Yeah, I don't know why I missed that part in my notes. I must have went through it very quickly, but it um there's a there's an entire issue <laughs> where 
we are going through the flashbacks of Jason Todd as Robin, and we realize that he might be a little bit more um, black and white when it comes to what criminals deserve. Where Batman f- finds some mercy, he's all like, they're criminals. Like, whatever bad happens to them. Because I think he breaks one's collarbone or something. Yeah. And he gets uh, reprimanded by Batman. He's like, what the hell do you care? They're criminals. And it was like, in that moment, I knew. In that moment, I knew. From the moment I heard your cries coming down from look, your cries of blood, your cries for blood coming down the hallway, I was a murderer. Uh, and 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 even but yeah, he's like even scarier because like I remember he speaks to him about pretty much like talking to Jason about Batman's mission, and he says the one thing that he that scared him was that Jason already understood that they know Batman won't kill them. Yeah. So that they know there's a limit. Yeah. <laughs> that was, a, that was such an interesting dynamic, right? Because he says basically that like, not only does red, like you said, red hood, Jason being there knows Batman don't kill him, but guess what bats? The villains know that too. Yeah. The villains know that too, bro. So if we all know you ain't going, you ain't about it. Why would people ever stop doing it? Why would mm-hmm. people ever stop? Um, and so that's probably why he made such a circus out of the black mask thing. He wanted all these lower level criminals to see that even the guy that they thought had everything on lock doesn't, he has no control of over any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, the Joker seems to be just loving this. Yeah. 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 He opens the door nearby, revealing the Joker's in the next room and asks Batman why the psychopath is still alive. Batman replies that despite his deep desire to kill him, he wouldn't allow himself to cross that line. This was something that at the time I thought was very silly as, as a kid. I'm like, hmm. why are you talking about that line? But as I become more of a fan of Superman, <laughs> I start to realize, <laughs> yeah, you start to realize that there is strength in restraint. Yeah. Um, and, and why do you think people can't see the slippery slope Batman's talking about? I think because people in their minds like to think that they can, uh, that they can tear things. Okay, I, that's an interesting thought. That they, they, they get that they can compartmentalize this idea, which is like, okay, no, 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 it's okay here. Yeah, <laughs> but like, that is the first step, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, I think that by forcing him to to espouse his ideology. Right here, like literally, with life or death, right? Yeah. Um, he has to make a choice. It it puts him in a pretty, a pretty pri- a, a precarious, precarious pres- position. <laughs> um, yeah, because Batman replies that despite his deep desire to kill him, he wouldn't allow himself to cross that line. I always like that this conversation is happening in front of Joker. He's like, yeah. "You think I didn't want to kill this miserable piece of crap? <laughs> I've been wanting to kill this freaking Aww, asshole." You do think about me? Yeah. Uh, I like, did. I do remember when I first saw this. I liked the fact that he admitted he thought about it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was that. I thought that was an incredibly human moment. Yeah, because like, one thing we get, one thing we get in the comics that we don't get in the film is this. I this this guilt over the failures of this war. Yeah, you know, um, it's hammered home here, but he does feel it. He feels every loss that he loses. Because he chooses to have a code, yeah, um, and that can't be easy. But again, the alternative is killing anyone he deems is worthy to kill, and that line gets blurred. 
because if you start to say you kill anybody who kills, what about people who kill their attackers? Right. You know, um, then, then they die too. Oh, I guess you're killing a lot of people. Yeah. Um, J- Jason desperately grabs Joker and points a gun to his head, telling Batman he has no choice but to kill Joker or him. Otherwise, he's going to kill Joker. Um, he, and he refuses. He refuses, and he's like, I'm not playing your games. And also I, he, known as everyone's favorite monologue from Daredevil. Yes. This is also, <laughs> this is also an awesome moment, I think, in voice acting. We think, yes. don't you walk away from me. <laughs> Choose. Choose. Choose, Darren. Choose. And I was like, damn, Batman really cold. He cold walking away. He throws, uh, he goes to shoot and Batman just in the, in the animated series, so I can see it. He does that slow motion turn with the cape. Yeah. Tosses the batarang. It goes in the gun. I'm uh, not sure which one I like more. Yeah. Cause that he bounces one, it off a pole or that he turns on it. Yeah. Cause in this one, uh, he uses a batarang. It bounces off the pole and hits Jason in the shoulder. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I guess it's, it's 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 interesting to me where it's like in the movie batman is able to frustrate him into taking his eye off joker and pointing it at him yeah whereas in the book jason never jason never drops the ball and he has to figure out a way around it it's also telling that like you said, he had Joker dead to rights. If it was really about him enacting revenge on Joker, he totally could have do it. But it was it was never that. There was a yeah. deep seated betrayal that he felt when he came back and realized that his murderer was still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that fueled all of this. And in that moment, at, at least in the um, in the animated film, when Batman walks away, Jason's twelve again. Yeah. You understand? Jason's a kid again, and Batman is over it. Like, literally, I wouldn't have had that um, restraint. You know? Nah, <laughs> I'm not playing this fucking game. I'm out of here. You know? This is all, it's all rigged anyway. And um, the desperation in Todd's voice to try to get him back, very, very interesting. In this, uh, Joker laughs. I mean, in both, they, they laugh. Yeah. Uh, and you end up finding out that there's a box of explo- explosives, um, and the whole building explodes. Uh, you can't find anybody, but in the comic, a mystical force covers the entire place and the universe starts to change. And I'm assuming we get into the events of infinite crisis, AKA someone stopped Grant Morrison from, (laughs) from confusing everybody and, uh, shooting gods and everybody said, and he's Batman's through time. There was a lot of things (laughs) going on with this, man. A lot of things going on with this. That's the end of the story as it is, but we get a bit of a. Um, it, guess, it's it's a really abrupt ending. That's what I'm saying. Like all of this stuff, and it it means so much to the Batman mythos, only to kind of be like, well, we're going into a crossover event where none. We'll pick the stuff up back later. Yeah. Um, Morrison would go on to write Jason. Do you remember what Morrison did to Jason? I have no clue. Morrison gave him red hair. And said that he was dyeing his hair black to be like Dick. Sure. Morrison put him back under the Red Hood, like the Red Hood, like the Joker Red Hood. Okay. And he ended up wearing this ridiculous outfit of the red, the long ass Red Hood helmet, a white jumpsuit with a red uh, thing on his chest and a, and a cape. 
and he looked ridiculous. And Doll Man, I believe was his name. That guy, <laughs> that guy that does um look up Red Hood and Scarlet. I no, I see. I just found it because I, I I looked up Jason Todd, Grant Morrison, and the first thing I found was Ginger Jason Todd. I, I, you see, you see, do you see that outfit of him in the? In and then the, whatever the fuck. The, yeah, is. what is that? What am I supposed to do with that? I'm a huge Jason Todd fan. What am I supposed to do with that? That looks like a a, a terrible luchador. <laughs> I am like, what's going on? But even worse, GT. Uh, there's this guy called the doll man, I believe. What he does is he like gives you like this ca- these chemicals that, that kind of make that your like brain dead. Full size Chucky. No, he's like this really big fat guy, and what he does okay. is he he's he's in one of the one of the animated movies at the very beginning. What okay. he basically does is he drugs you up to your just like Google Gaga, and then he puts a a plastic mask over your face, so you're almost kind of like chemically lobotomized. And then you, you know, he uses you. He was doing like this with a bunch of children. Red Hood mm-hmm. saves one of these people and names her Scarlet. And that becomes his Robin. Okay. In this Grant Morrison story. So it's all screwed. It's all, it's all, it's all jacked. Like I'm looking at this. I'm like, what, what? Like I love Grant Morrison, but sometimes he needs to put the, uh, the Alan Moore sponsored peace pipe down. <laughs> you know? Uh. He's got the, the idea that we're moving through time, but actually time is moving through us and we exist and don't exist in all spaces of time at the same time. <laughs> One second, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was saying. So I apparently accidentally pitched a, a Flash idea that John loved. So now apparently I have to write for the Flash. Uh, see, see, that's what I mean. Um, things are our predictions. All these kind of stuff is coming <laughs> to light. People are predicting from that Batman, from the, that the Flash trailer that landed with DC Fandom, uh, that we might be getting some Red Death or, you know, um, that button scene of Eobarthon whooping Batman's ass for ten seconds, <laughs> but with it with one of these other Flashes, one of these other Ezra's, if you will. Uh, maybe I don't know what to think of that film at this point. I'm so over. I did like... say I showed the trailer to my roommate just recently, and because it was the first time I got to like really sit down and watch it undistracted, I came to the conclusion that they only have one kind of music for the Flash. Yeah, which is that fast, like that kind of whimsical kind of. Yeah, I I showed it to someone and they didn't. They didn't catch any of the Keaton references, and there really isn't. They're not there. There, right? Like, if you don't know, I think the only thing you're supposed to, I think the only thing you're supposed to catch is if you are, like, if your memory is in tune with exactly what that cowl looks like. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I there, there's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. We get this this thing in the Batman Annual. What would you call it? Like a prologue, a prequel log. Or something like that, where you go, we're going through Jason's basically the, the history up until he becomes Red Hood, and we see that years ago he was murdered by Joker, like we said. During Infinite Crisis, Superboy Prime punched holes into the time stream. You know, that's what happens. You punch holes into the time stream. Uh, it, that's totally normal. It caused a ripple effect, correcting certain historical events as it does, as it's known to do. You punch hard enough, things mm-hmm. get fixed. 
think that's what uh <laughs> you know what they do, used to do on happy days with the jukebox isn't that the whole isn't that the whole logic there you just punch <laughs> it and, and, and it'll work uh one of these is the death of jason todd so the time ripple caught up with todd six months after his death and resurrected him jason todd was reborn inside his own coffin and had to claw his way out of freedom very uh kill bill though alive jason was but a, but a shell of a boy he once was he suffered severe brain damage and amnesia he was taken in by the staff of the huntington convalescent home and spent months recuperating he escaped from their hospital and spent a whole year surviving on the streets of gotham by sheer instinct he didn't talk he was just like this weird feral man mm. uh one of batman's old adversaries Raish agu discovered mm. todd and had him brought to his compound he spent years with Raish's daughter talia who after many failed attempts to bring jason's sanity and memories back decides to just push him into the lazarus pit the restorative powers of the pit completed Todd's recuperation. Todd and Talia uh, left the care of Rachel Ghoul, and Talia gave Jason enough resources to survive and get up to date with what's happened to him after his death. When Jason discovers that the Joker, the man responsible, is still alive and committing all sorts of crimes, he now has a brand new target. Some time later, Jason learned from Talia that there's a new criminal in Gotham by the name of Hush, and after meeting with him, they plan an attack on Batman that caused the vigilante to be aware of Jason's return. After this, Jason decided to get revenge on the Joker and Batman for not avenging his death. Jason took upon Joker's former alias, Red Hood, and started his crime spree against the clown prince of crime in Gotham's Dark Knight. And that was basically it. Uh, I really, really liked this story, and I liked um, what is going on. Sorry, I like uh, how it was told. <laughs> the reason why I said what is going on: if you type in Batman under the Red Hood, it comes up Batman under the Red Hood too. What? Yeah, uh, I can't and, imagine. And that is also listed in Wikipedia as a sequel, a follow-up filmed. Sorry, a follow-up film called Batman Death in the Family was released in October of 2020. How is that a follow-up film? Wouldn't that be a prequel? <laughs> Technically, it would, yes. Um, so It's also supposed to be interactive? Yes. So, I mean, maybe maybe we get, maybe if you play with it, you get to the event of uh, Under the Red Hood eventually? Maybe. I don't even know. Maybe, maybe. Um, maybe you don't kill Jason. What do you think about this idea that the, that the adaptation of this is considered to be one of the best DC animated universe movies? Oh, that's it's absolutely right. Like it's it, it it's to the point where I actually I don't want to see the movie done again. Right, I agree. I agree. Like I like, said, I don't think you, you can. I don't think you top this one. When you hear that voice and you see it, right? Um, it's really hard to think of even somebody like Curian Walters. Uh, doing it it's just so iconic as it is yeah you know um and you can't really like i i i don't i don't blame them for going to this well i just am very frustrated that they did not how do i put this hmm. I, I i never liked that they don't flesh out all of batman they just pick out the stories that they want and then they rush the sure. development to get them to where they need them to go yeah it's it's really just like um what's a story let's tell this one and of course you have to condense it because it has to be just a little under 90 minutes 
Mm. Yeah. And and sometimes that works, but sometimes it like it's it's one of those things where it's can you get a good standalone story or do we have to pull a story out of canon to try yeah. to isolate it? <laughs> hmm. And that's tough. Yeah. And the pain and pathos is not there. Um, not, if, not unless you are familiar with old Batsy, nah. And then, and then, I mean, even if you are, like, I feel like it's kind of lazy for you, you to get it. It's it, it's BBS, right? Like, oh, you know, <laughs> Batman. Just, just apply everything you've ever known to Batman to this Batman. No, I gotta know sure. your Batman. Every Batman is different. You gotta, but they don't have the patience for it, so I can't, I can't necessarily knock them. Um, because as I was thinking about it, and I guess that's one of those things the uh, they talk about with TV and films as far as what the uh how to quote digest the surprise where it's it's not necessarily is it is it always meant to be a surprise for the audience or just the character yeah that, right? that that's the thing how did you feel about it like wh- when you watched the film for the first time were you familiar with jason todd any i don't think i was okay and i don't think you would you kind of would be but you know he, he died in 88 so you know that's older than me and, right, and the cartoon is not to talk about Todd. No, he skipped in Batman the animated series. They go right. straight to to Tim Drake. Exactly, you go you go from Grayson to Drake. Jason Todd never comes up, um, and it's it's one of those things where it's 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 a uh, like if you, if you if you've never heard of Jason Todd, it's kind of a well, who is that when the reveal happens? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do you think it do you think it's better as a like a would you have liked it if they if they waited to unmask him at the end? Cuz I kind of like that I think it's like the end of the third issue that we find out who it is. No, I think that works in the book cuz they all know for yeah. the most part, right? Yeah, they're, I think so as well. They 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 are um they they are the initiated. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I think it works very well for the book cuz in that sense, it's made very clear the surprise is meant to be. Well, see, not even not even such that because like you already are, you're already teased with it in the beginning. Yeah, because the book already teases you with it. Um, with the surprise by like showing that Batman has been, it's been re- revealed to Batman, and that Batman's reaction to it is very personal. Right. And then you find out a few issues later, and then we and then we take the ride. And then we find out what the whole thing's really about. Um, I think that even if you don't know the story of Jason Todd going into the movie, I think the movie does a pretty decent job of at least explaining Jason's like like pain. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I at least by the time it gets to the end, you get to what it's all about. Like it still hits. Yeah. Yeah, I it's it's one of those things that I do think it does pack a, a more of a punch. But the movie does a great way, like you said, to give you the breadcrumb trails you need to understand the pathos in it. Yeah, I, I quoted it earlier, but that whole like best day of my life thing, like I got goosebumps right now thinking about it. Like, yeah, that's the best thing they sees... added to the movie that isn't really in the book. Yeah, he will always see that Jason. That's the Jason he will always see, no matter how many duffel bags full of heads and you know all this other kind of craziness. Um, 
and it's 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 both incredibly sweet and heartbreaking. I don't think much is done to pull Jason from this moment where he's a criminal to anywhere else, right? Like he just. Sure. I don't remember there being like a big uh, intervention of like, you better stay right. And then you could join the Bat family. He kind of just wiggles his way back into the story and, <laughs> and, no, one, and no one bats an eye. Yeah. Uh, what's sort of interesting for me in that sense becomes like, I, to, at least in the movie, to me, that's sort of what it means where even though he recognizes that it is Jason Todd, like, the fact that Jason is alive again does not, it, it, not in his head, has not absolved him as his failure. Yeah. Which is why he still keeps the costume up. Yeah. And why it doesn't change anything. What do you think of the BBS Nightwing? I don't feel so stupid. Being dead. Apparently, uh, if you guys don't know, uh, if you watch BBS, you'll see that there is um, a Robin suit very similarly held in a memorial fashion inside the Batcave. It's looked at by Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Uh, and it's said in Suicide Squad that Harley Quinn was an accomplice in the death of Robin. Um, when pushed about this information, we were told that it's... But Zack Snyder said that it's Dick Grayson. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. A little weird. But, you know, it is what it is. They're actually trying to fold Jason into... Um, the animated series continuity are they they try to do it with is it in the is it in that new comic both so i okay. think they first tried it with white knight which was okay kind of really which was, yeah which was kind of loosely based on i think dick gets taken or something i can't remember the whole events of the thing but okay i never read white knight white knight is like that guy who wrote it i think sean murphy very mm -hmm. very much a fan of the animated series so there's a lot in there that's very okay uh has a i lot know of it's also very divisive though on that book yeah it is it is <laughs> um because it's about joke it's more about joker than it is about batman it's and it's it's kind of sure. like people get mad whenever there's a thing that's like well you know batman's not can actually help people if he just donated and that there's some of that in that so ah uh, well that's always dumb yeah yeah <laughs> um let me see but yeah i mean when they introduced i was psyched as hell when they introduced jason todd in um titans but mm -hmm. i i was like we got some time this is the titanic we know what's gonna happen but we don't have to you know we don't gotta <laughs> get there get there but we we're there um <laughs> with great solemnness we are there yes they are apparently the red hood gang is in gotham okay I'm looking I'm looking for in other um in other media. Jason Todd in other media. Um Okay. Uh bu, 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 bu. Under the Red Hood. We already talked about that. Jason Eccles. Um a version no. Nope. Flashpoint Paradox, Killing Joke, nope. Yeah, not an, un an, oh, un an, an unidentified version of Red Hood appears in the Lego Batman movie. I did not see <laughs> any of that. I would have been very excited about that. Um, you are apparently oh, getting a, oh. a live action Red Hood film. I know what we can talk about. <laughs> okay, what do you got? We can talk about Arkham Knight. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yes, what yes, we yes, can yes. talk about. Yes. So <laughs> The worst kept secret in video gaming. <laughs> 
So fans of the Arkham series will recall we had, you know, a, a pretty quaint now when like when you look back at it, Arkham Asylum is pretty quaint. It's like cute, right? It's like oh, <laughs> you walk around the grounds, cute. By the by the time you get to Arkham Knight, you can blow up, you know, you're driving your tank and just running over people and blowing yeah. up. Yeah. It's, it's out of control. Um, but we had Arkham Asylum, then we had Arkham City, and then we eventually got Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Arkham Knight was said to debut a brand new Batman villain that no one has ever seen before. They said, trust us. You guys have never <laughs> seen this before. It's, it's a person oh, who thinks man. that Bruce Wayne or Batman's way of handling crime isn't right and that they should he should see it through all the way, including death. And people started to go, well, that sounds like Red Hood. And they were going, ah, <laughs> no, measured. no, it's not. It's not Red Hood at all. And then the images came out, and it's like, well, he's wearing like like those uh, cargo pants, like Red Hood, and he like, <laughs> likes his guns, and he's seemingly wearing a helmet. No, 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 it's not Red Hood. It's not Red Hood. I'm playing the game, and I'm going. This feels a lot like it's Red Hood. <laughs> this better not be Red, and it literally is. It, literally it absolutely is, is Red Hood. The same story, but to throw us off they created our all character whole cloth mm. who in turn gets retconned in main continuity to be the granddaughter of i think arkham of the yeah arkham, uh the the patriarch of the arkham family the guy who started arkham asylum itself yeah and like <laughs> yeah and they, 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 they waited years to pull the trigger on that one yeah, very weird. Because I remember that was the thing. Like, oh, we're bringing, we're finally making the Arkham Knight a thing. He, Astrid Arkham mm-hmm. is the name of the Arkham Knight now. Um, but man, what the hell? Game Informer praised Todd's reveal, calling it the mother of all twists. I guess if you've never heard or never seen a <laughs> thing about it, then you totally could, right? It's like. If oh one day God. someone just put the game in your lap, maybe. Oh my gosh! It's like they, they, they like. Should I tell them about the Sixth Sense? Like, should, should I like say, "Hey guys, there's a movie. It's, it's got, it's got a real wallop at the end." Um, nice. But yeah, I. So, like I said, we've already, I've already shown that they've mishandled this, these things on various occasions in various ways. Jason's very a tricky person to kind of mess with. I do think he's very much like Bucky where you got to put him on a path. You can't just let him be. You can't just let him blow in the wind because people will say, where's the rhyme and reason to the character? What does he want? Yeah. Obviously he still doesn't have an ax to grind or he shouldn't still have an ax to grind with Batman. So what do you do with him? What do you think about my controversial take that perhaps (laughs) it's time for Jason to put the red hood helmet away and be something else? Um, I uh, I guess that makes you wonder what he would be, but uh, you know, creating characters out of whole cloth isn't exactly always great for them. Yes, uh, that's also true. Um, looking at you, damage. Um, yeah, <laughs> damage silencer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, me and Yogi had a whole episode where we talked about the likelihood of the new age of heroes coming to be. I remember like, that, and he's like, none of these guys will live. None of these guys will continue to be in comics. And I heard it the other day, and I'm like, yeah, he was right. Um, you know, I I I get that, and to to, to actually put a, a finer point on it, because 
like even if you're like your reasoning is that like the Red Hood is stale, but three Jokers made it worse. Yes, it did because <laughs> it brings you back to the same one story. That's right. That's my thing. I, I even feel bad saying he's stale because to say he's stale would imply that people have tried stuff. Sure, <laughs> I don't even sure, feel sure. like I don't even feel like I I don't feel like I've had too much Red Hood. I just feel like they don't. They I honestly feel like they don't know what to do with him. You we were talking off air, and you alluded to maybe he needs his own area to police patrol. Yes, etc. Yes. Um, I think what they've even done now, it, even if it's just like. The same six blocks that Matthew has. If I'm not mistaken, <laughs> now his little thing is, yeah, he does. He only has six blocks. Every, the, the, there's four people watching six blocks. <laughs> um, I think that there's a character called Blue Hood right now. Really? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're doing a like a lone wolf and cub kind of thing. Okay. That's uh, weird. Jason Todd Tyler is. Uh, protege of Jason Todd. Tyler is the Blue Hood. That is first appearance. Batman Urban Legends, May 2021. Oh no! You understand what I'm saying? You understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a, they're bankrupt. The yeah. ideas are bankrupt. But um, yeah. So I worry. I worry about the man. They're gonna do everything they can. They're gonna do every story that they can. Um, but I. Be remiss if I didn't say that I don't think that anything beats this. This is the Jason Todd story. If like if he disappeared and went to fucking Marvel, he'd probably do better, you know. <laughs> but I think the problem here typically is that um we'll create. I won't even say we'll create a a character, but sometimes we'll we will create something, whether it's just a pathos or an idea that worked really well for that story and we had no intention of anything because we had no intention of this character being popular. And he blew up. We were telling a Batman story and I guess it, like, it, it, there's no planning for like, well, what if this works? Which they, they should, <laughs> which they should because like one of the things about Batman, especially in media, is they make it a point to make everyone more interesting than him. Yet they always seem surprised as to why everyone gravitates to everyone else but Batman. <laughs> so freaking weird. But Jason Todd's still one of my favorites. Next week will be a very interesting episode, GT. What you, do we got? We're, we're zooming, so you can you see me smiling talking about my man Jason Todd. But uh, next week is Titans. Oh uh, yes. So you'll know by my voice tenor when that episode starts whether or not I'm impressed by what yeah. they were able to do. Um, one of my most beloved stories. In comic book history, I I know Dan is slogging, yeah, slogging through the mud and the he, dirt. Oh yeah, he says he doesn't dig that much. He really digged season two. Titans just is one of those things. Yeah, Titans is one of those things that I feel like is too edgy. I remember I had told him it was edgy, and then he watched it. He was like, "What the hell are you talking about? Obviously it's edgy. Look at the look at the trailer." And then he watched. It, he's like, "Oh yeah, it is like super edgy." And they just like unnecessary unnecessary edge to be edges. Everyone's upset. Everyone's so mad. And you know that's my problem with the DC Universe as is. Sure. So it's like, okay, so now in this edgy world, what the hell does a Jason Todd do? Throw babies at people? <laughs> what, we, what, what the, you know, how do you cross lines over there? I, I remember not, I remember not being able to finish season two because I just remember like, God, this, when nothing is happening, it is the slowest show ever. Yeah. 
<laughs> with the coolest characters ever. Characters that in barely well rendered animation make millions of dollars. Right. For strange reason you can't get us interested in the live action version, which is kind of sad. But next week. We'll find out. Maybe they didn't shit the bed. Maybe, maybe this is going to this is going to be the quintessential Red Hood. They're, I'm assuming that just like how we found under the Red Hood, maybe Titans is what introduces people to that character for the very first time. And maybe I'll be here to talk all about it, good or bad, next week. But that's the great thing about the Major Issues podcast. We now have over 200 episodes in the can, and every single episode is available at comicbookclick.com, the one stop for all things comic book click our articles our merchandise everything made by us uh for for the click by the click and um comicbookclick.com like i said has every episode of the major issues podcast including our annuals our one shots um it's a labor of love for you people and that is the place of love comicbookclick.com is where you can find all of our stuff there you ever listen to this episode or listen to episodes of the major issues podcast and wonder how you could help well first and foremost you could help by word of mouth telling people about the podcast tell a friend to tell a friend if you've already told all your friends the best way to tell a stranger is to rate and review us on <laughs> itunes which is the quickest way we can grow as podcasters and find out what you like and what you don't because i've been to the future and we do become the latest and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media but if I tell you how we do it, someone's going to punch reality, and then somebody's going to come back from the dead. I'm not prepared for any of these things to happen, so we're just going to keep on the straight and narrow, get on the bandwagon before the bandwagon gets full. But let's say you did all those things, and you're like, I still want to support Comic Book Click. I love you, Don. And I'm like, I don't even know you, but I'd probably love you too. And if you want to send that love over to me monetarily, let me tell you how you do it. You can go to patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse. And for as little as $3 a month, 10 cents a day, you can help support. I used to be able to say, I used to say you can help support independent contractors like us. No, just support us. You can support us by <laughs> patreon.com slash CBC clubhouse and $3 a month people. That's it. If I get four people to sign up for $3 a month, we basically pay for our uh, podcasting fee to be broadcast all over everywhere you can find podcasts. Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podbean, the Apple Podcast app, TuneFind. We are everywhere podcasts exist. So we do so. We work hard. All of this stuff is free of charge. Go ahead and consider becoming a patron. If not, consider telling telling a friend to tell a friend. Share the podcast, share clips. We're officially on Facebook. Did you see this, GT? I did not. Comic Book Click Podcasts are on Facebook now, and they're posting full episodes up there, and you can create your own snippets and share them at will. So, hey. uh, so hopefully we get creative with some of those things uh, to help promote this podcast. Um, I've, it's episode 200, so I'm a bit of, for a loss of words, but I want to thank everybody who has been a part of this podcast, whether on my side of the microphone or yours. Um, it's been a hell of a run. We're not stopping anytime soon. Things are picking up with all these new releases, release dates being shifted. They keep making me change my schedule, but <laughs> we'll be here 
to talk about all of it, all the nitty and gritty. And we'll be back next week to talk about season three of Titans, like it or not. And then after that, season two of Stargirl. So is Jason Todd going to shit the bed? Is Stargirl going to save the day? We'll find all those things out the very next time you listen to the Major Issues podcast. But that's all for me for now. Um, my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. Uh, we, uh, someone punched reality over here, but, <laughs> but, uh, th- this podcast can't die. It's staying, uh, alive on this side, but that's all I've got uh, on my uh, end. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> my name is George Serrano, a.k.a. Don. <laughs> uh, I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our Under the Hood recap and review. And remember, whether you feel like the black sheep because you once died and no one went to go check on your body or where the murderer oh. was, whether you like rat retcons that have to do with the Lazarus Pit, magic, or punching reality, whether you think Batman's methods are antiquated, or you're just hyped because you heard that Robert Pattinson might have slept with Zoe uh, Kravitz in the Batmobile. You didn't hear it here. Remember... <laughs> That we are the click. Remember, Red Hood is still cool, I think. Tune in next week. And (laughs) And remember that you, yes, you are worthy.